I'm R.A. Schwartz along with Rachel Galligan and welcome to the Windsider Show where it's all about the W. Today it is our honor to welcome to the show WNBA superstar, member of the Minnesota Lynx and the 2019 WNBA Rookie of the Year, Nafisa Collier. show please consider joining our patreon community patreon.com backslash windsider for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w and don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content over at windsider.com while you're there you can check out our overseas tracker it's live right now and you can see where your favorite WNBA players are playing overseas all in one place very excited to welcome to the show minnesota Lynx star nafisa collier first and foremost how are you what was the first thing you did when you got out of the wobble and what have you been up to? I'm good. Um, I think the first thing I did when I got out of the wobble, hmm, honestly, just going home and sleeping in my own bed was amazing because sleeping in, I mean, we're in villas, but it's not your bed. It feels like you're in like a hotel or somewhere else. It's just, it's not the same. So when you come home and you smell your house and you get to lay in your bed, it's just the best feeling. What was the first thing you ate when you got out of the wobble? Because I love, you know, like, where was the first place you went out to eat? <laughs> Actually, I had my mom cook. She made some cassavelis, right. which is an African food, um, and it's my favorite. So I had her cook that for me. Awesome, awesome. Well, we're, we are so happy that you're here. Welcome to the show. Um, I want to take you back. I mean, t- take us back to day one, uh, the, the moment you fell in love with basketball and kind of growing up, you know, who who influenced you? Who helped you get to where you are now? And how did kind of this love story begin uh, with basketball for you? Yeah, so I played a lot of sports growing up. I played soccer for um, like 10 years, and I thought that would be my sport going to college. Um, and then I started playing basketball in fourth grade. My first coach saw me at a softball game. I was pitching, and she's like, hey, you're tall. Do you want to come try out for my basketball team? I was like, yeah, sure. I haven't tried that sport yet. And um, it's kind of history from there. I loved like the team dynamics and how competitive it was and I think I really started loving it probably, um, you know, late middle school, early high school. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, and then I feel like high school and I um, moved from Jeff City to St. Louis. And that's when I really just started focusing only playing one sport, basketball, and kind of knew that it's what I wanted to go to college for and what I wanted to play professionally and, and kind of make a career out of. Was there somebody during your youth who kind of took you under their wing or really was, you know, we, we had Simone Augustus on the pod a few weeks back and she was talking about how her dad would make her go on these crazy long bike rides and trick her into workouts. Was, was there somebody in your family or a close somebody who kind of got you going and, and working you out? Um, so actually, um, my parents were really supportive with, uh, because especially, you know, like in competitive sports, you see parents who are forcing their kids to be in the gym or you know, making them work out. And I think that's kind of where you lose the love for the game a little bit. Um, So they were really like good about when I wanted to go work out, they would come with me and um, they asked me every year, is this still something you want to do? Just making sure that I still loved it. And I think that helped to grow my love for it because it wasn't, it was an option. It wasn't, I wasn't forced to do it. So I wanted to get better. So I wanted to go to a gym and they were with me every step of the way. So that's actually something I'm really thankful for. 
I saw a really cool quote that you had about your dad talking about not showing your emotions too much in the game because you don't want to give the opponent an unfair advantage knowing you're a little bit frustrated. And I thought that was so cool. Jotted it down in my notes for when I have kids and if they want to, play, it's not going to push them. Um, you're definitely your own player and you're an amazing player. So please don't take this in the wrong way, but you have drawn some amazing comparisons. When I watch you play, I have double takes of Tamika Catchings game. And I know Duana Bonner had an article that she wrote commenting about how she saw herself in you. And there's been other greats that I've seen. I mean, it's, it's a hard debate because you have so many facets of your game. But I'm curious for you, what WNBA players you really looked up to or maybe were like watching some film and said, I'm going to steal that move? So thank you, first of all. And uh, Maya Moore is someone that I've always watched because we're from the same hometown, we went to the same college, and then the same professional team. So she's someone I kind of watched growing up. Um, and now that I'm in the league and, you know, leading up to the league, I feel like I try to watch everyone's game and take like little pieces from everyone because obviously everyone's there for a reason. They're all really good. And so I try to see different things in their game that I can apply to mine. Um, Candace Parker is, you know, kind of the same build as mine. So it's easy to watch her and she's such a great player. And obviously I'm close with her. So I'm um, being able to watch her game and try to, you know, just look at different tips and tricks that people have in their game and try to apply it to your own. So broad question, like broad answer, but I try to, you know, watch everyone and kind of see how they do it and see if I can apply it to my game. Well, I'm sure the rest of the league is happy. Maya hasn't been on the same team as you during the season. because <laughs> I think that might be a little unfair. I know, Rachel, you got a question. Go for it. No, I, I you made a you made a comment um, just to go back to your previous answer about, you know, not being pressured to play. Um, you know, or to work out or, you know, right now we live in an era where kids have to specialize or there's a lot of pressure to specialize in their sport at a really, really young age. Like I know for me, I played anything and everything growing up, even through high school. Um, I, I, this is a two-part question. What are your thoughts on that um, in terms of just not burning out, not specializing at a super young age, which is become a problem in my opinion. Um, I'm curious your thoughts but then also, um, you know, just kind of what would be your advice to um, parents who have young children who are you know, kind of getting involved and in, in those girls who are, want, want to try different sports and not necessarily having to have that pressure of cutting everything out right now? I definitely agree with you about not specializing in a sport too young because there is burnout. Um, I mean, even at our age, like at my age in the league, um, it becomes your job and you want to be able to take a break and things like that. So when you're so young and you're forced to only play one sport, I think it really does hurt more than it helps because you kind of lose a love for the game. Um, and again, that's why I'm so thankful that my parents weren't like that. And I got to play so many sports and I've said this for a long time, but um, I think soccer is a great base sport for any other thing that you want to do because the footwork is so crucial and you can use it really with any sport. And I think it's one of the reasons why my footwork is really good because I played soccer for so long and you can use different sports to specialize in the one that you choose to use anyway I played volleyball I think it helped with my jumping soccer helped with my footwork track helps with running um, I've gotten complimented on you know a good motor and being able to keep going it's because I played track I ran track for so long so I think definitely playing a bunch of different sports seeing what you like um, is helpful and you know I would definitely you know someday when I have kids I'm definitely making them try everything before we hone in on one. Yeah. 
Well, you're, you're two years in to your WNBA professional career. Um, looking back, kind of reflecting on season one to season two, what were some of the adjustments that you kind of had to make when you were heading into your second season, uh, following your rookie of the year season? And what was the hardest adjustment that you had to make? So my game-wise, like playing-wise, some adjustments I had to make were, you know, it's the second year, so people know what you like to do. So you're not going to be able to score in the same ways. So I like to be in the mid post. I like to be by the block a lot. And um, people knew what I wanted to do, so they tried to take that away. So I had to learn how to score in other ways, if coming off ball screens or whatever it was. Um, and that was obviously a bit of an adjustment, but I knew it was coming. So it was something that I worked on in the offseason. Um, and then also being named captain was an adjustment because my style of leadership is usually lead by example. Um, but unfortunately, our other two captains got – they weren't um, able to play because of injuries. So I was kind of the only one out there. So it took me out of my comfort zone a little bit because I had to be a lot more vocal than I normally am. But um, I obviously think it helped me grow uh, as a person and a player because being put in that position, um, I had to do things I wasn't comfortable with. And by the end of the season, it was, it felt normal. And um, I definitely want to get even better at it in the future. But although obviously I wish my other captains were out there with me, I'm glad that I got to kind of grow in that area. I'm I'm curious, as somebody who is not a top-level elite athlete, we see you working out with Candace Parker and some other WNBA players who aren't on your team. Do you ever have in the back of your mind, like, I'm working on this move, but I have to play Candace in the season, and maybe she'll she'll expect it, or she's giving me tips, and then she'll know how to how to stuff me. Is that ever a concern? Is that something that pops up in your head? Um, I honestly think about it in the reverse, like, when we're doing that, I'm like, okay, so when she does this move, I kind of know what I'm going to do. <laughs> um, but, you know, I really think that uh, – so, okay, going back. Growing up, you know, Coach always like, defensive, defense wins games and defense wins championships, and it definitely does. But I think that the game is becoming way more offensive because, I mean, people are just good players and they're going to score. So when you're doing those moves and we're practicing, no matter if you know what I'm doing or not, you're going to be able to get it off and get to what you want to do. So I guess that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, she's not going to be able to stop me, but I'm trying to look for ways to stop her when we do those things. What What is one part of your game that you think kind of gets overlooked? Like one of your biggest strengths that maybe isn't necessarily talked about a lot? Um, I think I'm really efficient. And I sometimes I feel like that's why I get overlooked is because my game isn't really flashy. But when you look at the stats or you look at what I'm doing in games, I feel like I do a lot of things. Um, I feel like I'm well-rounded, so I feel like that kind of gets overlooked sometimes. You pretty much just stat, uh, stuff the entire stat sheet. so um, And yes. you have for a very long time. <laughs> Take them back from the early days at UConn. And, and I do want to touch on that. You know, you came coming from UConn, and obviously as intricate as preparation is at the college level, What's the preparation like uh, now in the WNBA in terms of film study X's and O's, tendencies, two very high levels we're talking about, but just from your experience, the last few years, what have been the big differences between the two? So uh, I think I was also lucky to go to UConn where um, they prepare their players really well for the league, just in the way that we practice is really similar to the coaching style that I have now with Cheryl Reeve just expecting kind of like the highest level of excellence every day, just giving a hundred percent with everything. So physically preparing is kind of the same, but I think what's different is 
um, body wise, like what I eat has to be a lot different than what I could just eat in college. I could pretty much eat whatever I wanted, but I'm starting to feel it a little bit more now with my diet. If I don't if I eat like fried food or fast food, I kind of feel it in practice the next day. So that was a shock that oh, yeah. I didn't like. <laughs> and then also there's only 12 teams in the league. So playing them over and over again, it's, I mean, it's hard to play the same people because they learn really quickly what you like to do. And um, we play them like a minimum of three times, sometimes four times in a season. So it gets harder and harder each time. Um, so you really have to know the scout. You get in trouble a lot quicker because we play them so many times. If you allow them to do something that's on the scout or what they like to do, um, obviously coaches have a short temper with that because you should know by now. Um, so those are kind of adjustments that I had to make. I know if if you haven't already listened to uh, your podcast with Asia, everybody needs to listen to it. It's hilarious. It's informative. It's just great content. Um, first of all, the side note, I want you to answer after you answer this question. If you guys are doing more episodes, we need to know because the people have been asking for the tea. Um, but can you kind of, you, you touched on on your rookie season in one of the podcasts. I'm blanking on it. I think it might have been with the one with Candace Parker. Um, you, talked, you talked about being so driven to win rookie of the year. And can you talk about why that was for, for the folks who haven't heard that podcast episode? Yeah. Um, so uh, pretty much, I mean, after my senior year, it was really just a whirlwind um, with how it's set up. The WNBA draft is really soon after the college season. Um, so we went to the final four and then like three days later, I was in New York for the draft. A week later, I was, at training camp at Minnesota and two weeks after that we had our first game so it's just like one thing after another super quick and you know going on a new team everything is different everything is new you have new teammates new city new plays which is always hard to learn especially in such a short time period um, so it was kind of the only thing that it was like a steady goal that I could set for myself because I didn't know what was going to happen um, with the team like I said everything was new and it was kind of like a steady point in like a storm kind of thing, like just going around you. And so I just knew that I could control what I did when I got on the court. I didn't know what my playing time was going to be like or anything like that. But when I was on the court, I knew that I needed to show them what I could do. And so, like I said, it was kind of just an anchor for me and the craziness that I thought my rookie year would be. All right, Nafisa, what are you up to now? Um, I know you're getting ready to go back overseas. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? And also, you just recently released Through the Lens, which is a really cool project I know you've been working on. Tell us about that and everything that you're doing right now. Yeah, so I am going to uh, play in France in Montpellier in uh, February. So I've just kind of been training for that. And yeah, we released Through the Lens, which is just, it's like a training website um, where it's a deep dive into basketball. And this first release has four players, me, Candace Parker, Camarlo, Anthony, and Trey Young. And it's kind of just like a behind the scenes deep dive into how we got to be the players we are today. It goes, you know, personal um, things we had to go through and kind of our tricks, what we use on the court, you know, our best moves and what we look for when we're doing those. And um, later different packets are going to be with pretty much everyone in the basketball world. So podcasters like you guys or reporters, um, analysts, everything, it's just like a really deep dive into basketball. So we've been working on it since quarantine, really. Uh, so it's really cool to see the finished product and have it launched. Yeah, I was checking it out a few days ago, and I was like, wow, first off, this is really well done. I don't know who is behind the camera with this, but it looks phenomenal. You guys have done a great job. I'm excited to see where that goes. 
Um, what about specifically skill wise? Um, you've got a target on your back now. You're one of the top names in the league in terms of, you know, just up and comers and, and, uh, obviously a force to be reckoned with, but what are you working on skill wise to take your game to the next? Being at the three position, just all around, I think is what I'm working on. Um, I played the four for so long, just being around the basket. And like I said, people know that I want to be there. So I have to be able to expand my game and, um, you know, ball handling is a big thing, being able to shoot the three uh, more consistently and off of different moves, like coming off screens or on the move, uh, things like that. So really just working on my guard game. It's going to be an exciting third season for you. I'm, I'm hoping there's fans. I'm hoping it's all as scheduled. I'm curious, you know, what is it like to be coached by Cheryl Reeve? She's one of the greatest coaches, if not the greatest coach in WNBA history. She can come off extremely intimidating, at least from a reporter's perspective. I don't know about for the players, but I also feel that, you know, from watching this Lynx team for so many years, I almost, I feel, and maybe I'm just crazy, but that this this younger team has kind of revitalized her in of youth, and she's a little bit more goofy with the who's next or what's next thing during the season. I thought that was hilarious because I never <laughs> thought I'd see a Cheryl Reeve doing that. Um, talk to me about your relationship with her and kind of what's that what's that like? She's awesome, and I think there's a reason that she has done so well in the league. Um, she does a great job of learning personalities and learning how to manage different people. Um, she does a great job with that, and it's something, you know, um, obviously I had a great coach in college, but it's a little different in college with how you can treat player, like how you deal with players because, you know, you're recruited there and things like that. But once you get to the league, you know, that temperaments are a little bit different and the way she handles everyone is just amazing. So, um, she is really goofy and that's kind of the only coach that I've known is she's super easy to be around, super approachable. And, um, it was really fun in the wobble because she kind of let loose a little bit in that video. Like you saw, oh my goodness, we learned that she's likes to dance, but maybe not the best dancer. <laughs> uh, but it was awesome. I, I love being a part of this program, uh, having her as my coach. Three three best links parts of the season, in my opinion, at least, was Cheryl Reeves' dance moves, you giving uh, Dangerfield a piggyback ride off the court, and then the the shimmy. Because for me personally, I love when the play – I know you were doing it for the coaches and not for the fans at home. But I just love that that little jolt of excitement and that little like, yeah, I did that uh, temp- temperament. Um, now, I feel like you might be a little bit too nice to actually answer this. So try and be as honest no. as you can. But okay. in this league or in most sports leagues in general, we really talk about rivalries and build up games. And now when you came to Minnesota, we all know about the Lynx Sparks matchup. It's kind of lost some of its shine, not because it's not two great teams, but because you guys aren't playing in the finals every year, which might be a little bit better for the league's growth. But I'm curious, are there games that you kind of feel the pressure or the weight of, I got to show up or this is personal? Like maybe when you play Asia and, and you know, you're friends with her, so you want to kind of show her off. But talk to me about the rivalries and that camaraderie or, or, or rivalry feeling. There is kind of a lot of rivalry feelings, um, especially last year. Just, uh, you know, I went number six and I'm really glad I'm at Minnesota. But there's also another part of me that was like, you know, to the coaches who passed me up, I want to play well when I play against you guys. Um, So there was like that every time I played one of those teams. And then if I played against a UConn player, I wanted to show out, obviously. Um, And then when I played against Enrique, because we were so close in our rookie of the year race, I really wanted to play well against that team. And I think Dallas is still a team where they're so scrappy. And for some reason, it's like it's close every single game. It's like high and low. And 
we've been able to pull it out this past two years, but every single time it's really close and just really um, physical. So Dallas is probably a really good rivalry game for us right now. You are a big reader. Um, I need some help. I need some books to read. Um, what are some of your favorite books? What are you reading now? You know, how has that been kind of a big part of your life or necessarily maybe, maybe even an, an escape from basketball? Um, how has that helped basketball? Um, talk to us about your, your love. For I do love reading. Uh, I think it came, I mean, both my parents love reading, so I'm sure it came from both sides. And my favorite books are usually uh, murder mysteries. I really like those. So Ruth Ware is a yes. great author. How would you say? I said, yes, I love it. Yeah. Yes, I love it too. Ruth Ware, um, Sarah Pegnan, and uh, a lot of her books, like The Wife Between Us. Um, they have a couple other ones. I really like them. And I'm reading now Throne of Glass. It's by Sarah J. Moss or something like that, I think. It's like a fantasy book about... It's like an alternate universe kind of thing. She's like an assassin. I don't know. I like it a lot. I'm on like the third book of this series. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's, I mean, reading is always an escape. It's better than a movie, like in your mind. Um, and especially during the season, I really like reading because basketball is your whole life. And um, sometimes you get too caught up in it, especially if you're like in a slump or something where you're not playing well, you kind of overanalyze. And I just found that it helps me um, do better on the court when I can just take a step back and not kind of obsess over it. Um, just let my mind go a little bit. So yeah, reading is definitely an escape and just, you know, fun activity. And I don't know. I love it. I, I got to get more books under my belt because I'm not a good reader. So, um, it's we so have fun. This, I, I enjoy a good book, but it's hard to get, like, once you get into it, I'm like all in, I'll read it nonstop, but it takes me that, you know, the first chapters really yeah. got to pull me in. Um, yeah, I feel you. But so what we like to do is we call it rapid fire. It's never rapid fire because the questions we ask are never as easy as just like blurting out the first thing that comes to mind. Some of them are tough. Some of them are fun. Feel free to answer as quick as you can, as slow as you want. No pressure. Rachel, take it away. All right. What was your favorite moment from this past season slash bubble? My favorite moment from this past season, when we made it to the semifinals and when we beat Phoenix, um, that was a great moment because, you know, it was kind of like no one really thought we were going to get there. And Sylvia was like trying so hard to get back. And she wanted us obviously to win that game so much so she could play again in the final in the wait, that was before the semi. It was to get to the semis. She wanted to play in the semis with us. Um, it was just really emotional after because of all that. So that was like a great feeling. I remember that game. I have goosebumps listening to yeah. you talk about it because all, I think we all felt that. Yeah. Okay. Thinking back to your, your, your first year in the league, do you have that welcome to the league moment kind of that hit you in the face? Oh my gosh. I literally remember this exact moment. It was when we first played New York and Kia Nurse, my old teammate, I was guarding her and she was just lighting me up. I think she had like 30 points that game. And I never knew Kia was that fast when I was playing with her, but playing against her, trying to keep up with her, going through those screens and everything, I'm getting screamed at. I can't keep up with her. It was just definitely, I'm like, wow, these are professional athletes. Tell me, do you have a pregame ritual or superstition? And if you do, what is it? Yes. Oh my gosh. I used to be so superstitious and it would like consume my mind. I'm like, okay, what did I have for breakfast? What's at the bed today? We come just little things i'm like okay this has to stop but the one i kept was i put my left sock on then my right sock then my left shoe then my right shoe i kept that one interesting interesting it All would right. like be every single if i had a good game 
I would try to literally repeat the exact same day however I could, and it just became too exhausting. <laughs> I love talking to the players and hearing the different rituals. Like, when we had Simone on, well, first of all, Crystal claims she does not have one. And I was like, you are the first player that I've ever talked to who claims that she doesn't have one at yeah. all. I was, like, blown away. Because when we talked to Simone, she could recite the the exact meal she would have before games in Minnesota down to like the four sides and like the level of spiciness that she was getting. It was pretty ridiculous. Um, See, we get crazy. Look, I I would be the same. I mean, I've heard (laughs) stories from old Lynx players that they used to hide like MD 2020, that weird drink that you always see in the shelf, the back shelf of the liquor store for a dollar. They'd hide it somewhere in the locker room or a water bottle in it. Like very, very detailed superstitions of the links. So yeah. you always Oh, Cheryl is the most superstitious person you've ever met. <laughs> so that's probably why. She's so crazy really? about it. Had she like come to you and been like, you know, Nafisa, I noticed that uh, you were wearing a blue sock last game and this you game joke, you decided to wear literally, one. yes. Like... <laughs> she's serious she's not joking like if we do something and we lose or if we win like she seriously gets mad at the staff like what did we do different (laughs) (laughs) well because it couldn't be that you guys weren't properly prepared or didn't play your heart you know it has to be no no we did something wrong we didn't put the tv the way it should be that's what happened (laughs) oh yeah the the 40 degree angle (laughs) um now the minnesota lynx have loved to use your name in a variety of different puns and I have been blown away with the creativity. Which is your favorite name pun that you have seen so far? Oh my gosh. I have no idea. They are out of control. I have no <laughs> idea. There's been so many. I don't know. I had to talk to Cody. I'm like, Cody, enough. <laughs> slow, slow down a little bit, Cody. <laughs> I like I like your I like how creative you are, but enough. I don't know. I don't know which one's my favorite. They've had some good ones though. Some of them are really good. I have to I have to laugh and commend them. I don't know. All right, we'll give you a pass on that one. If you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you go? Ooh, I would go to probably Egypt. I really want to see the pyramids, and I think Egyptian history is so fascinating. So that would be an awesome place. Who wins in one-on-one, you or Alex? Me, of course. (laughs) Yes, yes. Love it. Um, This is where it gets a little bit hard. we got two more questions for you, and then we'll be out of your hair. But who talks the most trash in the league? Because this season, what I think one of the huge positives for the fans of the bubble was we could hear you guys talking a little more. Like mm-hmm. Diana Trosti telling the ref she'll meet him in yeah. the lobby was probably the greatest single moment in TV history, in my opinion. <laughs> you expect her to like say that to a player who maybe you know takes the charge or something, but to a ref is just next level. I is know. there a player that when I say talk trash, I call it the Diana Trosti Award? Um, yeah. Besides Diana, I guess. Is there anybody yeah. else who comes to mind? Candy Carter is going to be the next Diana Tarashi, Tarasi with trash talking. She loves to talk trash. Okay. okay. I love it. And that does not surprise me at all. <laughs> all right. Last question, and we will let you go. What was it like to get the torch passed to you from the great Simone Augustus to lead this Minnesota Lynx team? It was awesome. And honestly, I got so lucky with my vets having uh, Simone and Syl. I, I couldn't have asked for two better vets. They automatically took me under their wing um, and just made me feel so comfortable on the team. And the fact that someone like Simone said that, it was such an honor. So I definitely want to do that and, you know, make her proud, even though she's not with us anymore. I'm s- still sad, but 
um, you know, I love Simone and like I said, I want to do her proud and do everything I can for um, this organization. As of now, we don't know what free agency holds. You never know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Aria, Aria was was devastated. We won't we won't get into how devastated he was after that one. But we won't. Orton, Orton raised in Minnesota. There's some legends that you just. It's like Brett Favre coming to Minnesota and for Viking. It's just weird. It's weird. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for your time. We wish you um, the best of luck as you head over to France. Travel safe. We cannot wait to see you back out on the court. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. You have a great day. You too. Winsiders, your one-stop shop for all your WNBA news and conversation, but we can't do without your help. Become a subscriber at patreon.com backslash winsider. For just a few dollars a month, you can directly help grow the game. And don't forget to hit subscribe on this podcast and on The Floor Game by Ben Dole. Presented by Windsider.